What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, we finally made it here. It's week one. Uh, as we speak here on Thursday night on the East Coast, the Chiefs and the Lions have already kicked off. We're not going to talk too much about that game because I am ahead of you. Uh, <laughs> on You're on a little bit of a tape delay uh, watching the game in the background. So I'm going to my lips are sealed there. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got uh, new rankings up for rest of season rankings, final draft rankings for anyone that actually drafts after the first game, which is a bad idea. <laughs> um, but we also uh, will be updating those as well throughout the season. I'm uh, hopefully on Monday nights uh, is the plan. And we've got our week one rankings up at rsrankings.com as well. Yeah. All kinds of rankings and football's back. It's awesome. It feels like it's taking a long time to get here, but yeah, we're, we're here. We're watching, trying to, trying to focus. Yes. You, you mentioned tape delay. I don't know what you would even call that now. Would you say uh, like a, internet delay or whatever it is because you're watching on one app i'm watching on another we've got different ways we're connected to <laughs> watch on our devices so yeah i'm like 15 or 20 seconds behind you so keep those lips sealed in regards to the game please <laughs> i'm sticking with tape delay i'm, I'm never gonna let that one uh, old school pass me by that's yeah, fine exactly <laughs> um so uh we've got a little bit of news to talk about as well you know um when we post our rankings we always write these little intros and i know you put your rankings up early uh like almost a week ago now. Yeah. Um, mine I just put up today. And for my intro, I was talking about that honeymoon period <laughs> that you have after you draft your team and before there's actual games where you always just feel great. Everything's perfect. You got your guys. Like, you're only looking at the best-case scenario for every player. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the glass is overflowing. It's not half full. <laughs> it's overflowing. Uh, and then reality hits very suddenly but uh this year i found that the honeymoon period for me was basically non-existent because uh several of my drafts didn't happen until just a couple days ago and those drafts were heavily uh centered around a couple players you might know named travis kelsey <laughs> and cooper cup uh so i didn't even make it to week one before uh i, I was uh dealing with the the pain that is being yeah. a fantasy football manager well you're not alone there obviously a lot of people drafted those guys uh as far as uh kelsey so my wife and i are in this guillotine league it's 18 teams you know you play you chop you chop the lowest score each week well we were sitting there on our on our screen porch drafting and of course we got back-to-back -back picks randomly she had pick five i had pick six and she's sitting there and she's like we're drafting and she said who should i pick travis kelsey or tyree kill and i was like I don't know. Pick whoever you want. Whoever you don't pick, I'll probably pick. And I was glad that she drafted Kelsey, <laughs> and then I drafted Tyree Kill. So that, that's huh. a tough one for Guillotine because that was her first round pick, and she doesn't have him tonight. So that's a she could get chopped right away. And there's a lot of people if you play in Guillotine and you have Kelsey, that that hurts even more. Survive in advance in Guillotine. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's absolutely true. And you know, I uh, I've got Kelsey in about seventy five percent of my fantasy leagues. Uh, it was a big part of my strategy, honestly, too have Travis Kelsey. I had him uh, ranked higher than most people in the overall rankings uh, coming into the season. I, I had him at number three overall, mm -hmm. uh, just behind uh, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, uh, before any of the wide receivers, even Justin Jefferson. So I was really advising people to build teams around Travis Kelsey just because of that massive advantage you get uh, at that position. And also the fact that Travis Kelsey hadn't missed a game since 2014, his rookie season, uh, until tonight. So 
that's laid plans out the window. But you know, honestly, as someone that's heavily invested in Travis Kelsey, I I'm I'm feeling relieved right now. Uh, I'm not in a guillotine league, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. It's one week, you know. Even if you lose in week one, it's not the end of the world. Yep. Um, but it, it now really sounds pretty good that he's going to be good to go for week two. I, I feel like. I mean, he was pushing to play tonight. Uh, the team was smart, and they said. It's a long season. This is week one. We're going to have the extended time off between our first game and our second game. It would just be silly to push Travis Kelsey to play in this game. So, you know, the player is always going to want to play. Like the best players are super competitive. They're always going to want to play. It's up to the it's up to the coach to kind of lay down the lawn. You know, it's the coach. It's not the owner because uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hunt of the Chiefs I made a comment earlier today that he was like, you know what, maybe he will play. But um, <laughs> wiser uh, heads prevailed. And um, I, I just feel good about the fact that Travis Kelsey should be back to Travis Kel- doing Travis Kelsey things uh, for week two. Yeah, and honestly, as a fantasy manager, I always find it better when these things are more black and white, cut and dry, right? Like he's he's out, he's not playing, let's rest it up. Even if it's week two, you know, okay, you missed two weeks. Like get healthy and get back in there. Same for Cooper Cup, you know, whether or not they put him on IR, I don't know what's going on there. I think they still have a couple days to do that. So we'll see. Even if, if he goes on IR as far as Cooper Cup, you know, and he misses four weeks, I mean, that's fine. Like you'd rather just know you know rather than like he comes back week two and he's on a he's on a pitch count or this or that like remember when josh jacobs was on some sort of snap count and like destroyed the seahawks last year i mean that happens but it also happens where guys will be on a a pitch count or whatever you want to call it snap count and then they like don't even play right or they play like a series and then they're out so like that's always just hard it's hard as an analyst to figure out like how to rank these guys so i almost just find that it's better it's never good, right? But like, I'd almost rather them just be out, and then you can figure out: Do you want to plug in Noah Gray tonight? Do you want to pick up a, a Chigokonkwo or a Taysom Hill or whoever to like plug in for a week or two and see what happens? Absolutely. And you know, another thing is the worst place to be as a fantasy manager is when you just don't know the severity of the injury, and mm-hmm. that's the problem I have with the Cooper Cup situation compared to the Travis Kelsey situation because. The Cooper Cup one is still very much up in the air. Yeah. The Travis Kelsey one had me sweating for a couple days there <laughs> when they were, you know, when they were saying his knee was too inflamed for them to be able to uh, do an MRI and confirm that he did not tear his ACL. And you, anytime you see ACL mm-hmm. mentioned, you get nervous. So, um, you know, that was something that we had to sweat through for two days. But with Cooper Cup, this has been going on for the better part of a month mm-hmm. now, over a month. I believe he first injured this hamstring on August 1st. Um, so, you know, the, the the thing that scares me is they're now, you know, Sean McVay yesterday floated the possibility that it could be a nerve-related issue, which is yeah. a much more gray area than a hamstring pull. Um, I mean, hamstrings are tricky. They can, mm-hmm. you can re-aggravate them. It's not, it's not an ideal injury to have, but at least it's an injury that many players have had, and there's kind of an understanding of what it is and what the healing process is. A nerve issue, to me, it's much harder to tell, so... Um, if, if, if Cooper cup is on the IR for a month and then comes back and is fine, then yeah, I think that would, that would be a win for, uh, at this point for, for this situation. Cause it's just a little bit scary that it could be even longer than that. And, um, you know, I'm not one of those managers who can really complain because I drafted Cooper cup after he had already had the setback with the hamstring. I took him in the sixth round yeah. of a 12 team super flex draft. So at that point, I felt like the risk was worth it. You know, I, I took him over DK Metcalf. That's the other guy I would have taken if I didn't take him. So 
that was kind of where I was at when on draft night, um, because I know you're going to get the number one receiver uh, if he's healthy. Like, I mean, he's right. He he was actually better than Justin Jefferson last season um, when when before he got hurt. So, and he was far and away the number one receiver the year before that. So, you know, we'll ha- we'll just have to see. I um, I hope we just get some sort of clarity on on what the issue is and how they're going to treat it. That's what I'm really hoping for as a Cooper Cup manager. Yeah, and I th- I think you got good value there. I think that's about right. I actually lowered him. Of course, we have we have our draft rankings up on the site. We'll, we'll update these probably Sunday, Monday, uh, and there'll be rest of season rankings right from then on. But I moved Cooper cup down from like, you know, the middle of the first round all the way down to 52nd overall. I see you moved him down to 31st overall. So I moved him down a little bit further beyond like the DK Metcalfs and Tyler Lockett's Mike Williams for me. Um, just because yeah, like what if he's out eight weeks or something or, I mean, yeah, it, it could be more serious. So it was almost just like a little bit of a hedge, but I moved him down a little bit further. Uh, of course, people are done with their drafts and all that, so it doesn't really matter right now. We'll have to wait and see what happens, and when we come back and record again, we'll have a better idea, hopefully, uh, whether or not he's on IR. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, because it's like, again, you know, I feel like I talk about this every week, but like on the Fantasy Pros uh, ECR, there it's just a game where you're trying to figure out like how many points will this player accrue for the whole season, mm-hmm. and Cooper Cup is going to be behind a lot of those guys now because he's going to play fewer games, so... You know, a guy like Tyler Lockett is consistent. He's probably he rarely misses games. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll probably put up his numbers. You know, um, I know they've got that exciting rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba there now too. But I still think Tyler Lockett is going to have a typical Tyler Lockett season, which will probably be more points than Cooper Cup scores if he misses four weeks. You know, yeah. But from a value perspective, uh, you know, we we were talking throughout the preseason about the depth at wide receiver. It does sort of like fall off a cliff after about the 50th wide receiver or something like that. But um, I think you and I both liked a lot of the depth at wide receiver that you could get in like, you know, the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round of your drafts. So for me, that was part of the reason that I was willing to take a gamble on Cooper Cup because I felt like I could still draft some other guys. You know, I took like Hollywood Brown. I took Sky Moore. I took Rashad Bateman, um, Zay Flowers, guys like that you know, who I like a lot. So, you know, I felt like those are my hedges um, on on drafting Cooper Cup. I I feel like I can survive uh, him being out for a month. Yeah, I mean, it's week one. It's September 7th when we're recording this. When we get into October, you know, we might be moved. We'll both be moving Cooper Cup, possibly Jonathan Taylor. You know, Alvin Kamara will be back from his three-game suspension. We have all these guys who were really kind of tough to rank, like you're talking about, whether it's the fantasy pros, whether it's our own on the site. I, I mean, I probably have had him even lower on the fantasy pros uh, for the for the contest and all that just because I am worried about Cup missing half the season, right? But on a fantasy points per game, yeah, you want him, like, in a month, he might be back in my top 12 for rest of season rankings. Exactly. And, that, and there's a difference to me between um, Travis Kelsey and Cooper Cup on the one hand and Jonathan Taylor on the other because there's some, like, on-field concerns with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, you know, it's true. like even if the contract gets resolved, he, he shows up, he, he plays – there's still no guarantee you're going to get top 12 running back numbers from him, you know, whereas like if, if Travis Kelsey and Cooper cup are healthy, they're in the same situation that they've excelled in, in the past. So, um, and they've just been that elite player at their position year after year after year. And, you know, so I feel like with those guys, it's, it's purely a health issue. Um, mm-hmm. if that gets resolved, then it's, uh, yeah, it's giddy up time. Yeah. Giddy up. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so I know last year when we did these, I think we did Thursday episodes last, last year when we kind of went game by game and talked about, 
you know, who, who we would start and sit and just kind of talked about all different players. And this year we, we decided, hey, let's go position by position and maybe do some quick hits on some guys who we like and dislike versus that expert consensus ranking that we're talking about on Fantasy Pros. And what's interesting is I updated my list, I think, yesterday or it might have even been the day before. And uh, those numbers, those that ECR is already moving. So some of the, like there more and more experts are getting their rankings in. So that average on certain guys is going up and down. Uh, so we'll see as we get to talking about guys. I think we still like and dislike certain players. And so um, you want to get started with some quarterbacks and talk about who we like and don't like? Sure. First of all, anytime you say experts, we should put that in air quotes. <laughs> uh, Fantasy Pros calls them experts. We're not the ones calling calling ourselves or anyone else experts. Uh, yeah, I like analysts. You know, <laughs> you, yeah, you don't have to. There's 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 analysts exactly. There's yeah. then there's writers. You know, people that actually uh, are writing articles every every week or doing podcasts every week. Yeah. But, um, that you know, there could be experts who. Uh, who are under the radar and just keep it all to themselves. In fact, a lot of the best gamblers don't share their insights, right? They just, <laughs> right. They just profit off of them. <laughs> but, uh, but I digress. Um, just one programming note, uh, as we jump into uh, regular season content. Uh, so tonight, as you mentioned, is uh, going to be the Thursday shows that we're going to do. Um, just looking at players at each position that we like more than the quote unquote experts uh, over at Fantasy <laughs> Pros um, are, that they've compiled there. Um, so uh, that will be the Thursday shows, and then the Monday shows we will be doing uh, waiver wire Mondays uh, as the Monday night game is going on. Um, but we want to make sure we get that content out uh, to our listeners early on Tuesday so that uh, you can uh, prepare all your all your fab bids and everything you need to do to uh, keep that fantasy engine running um but yeah let's jump into those quarterbacks uh, i want to say for the record that i have jared goff uh three spots ahead of the consensus this week um he's already thrown one touchdown pass <laughs> I, we'll see i mean it's not he's not lighting the world on fire but um you know i did feel like this was uh, a, a decent matchup uh for jared goff yeah and i mean i i like to look at implied point totals right this is one that I think it's it, it started way up there. I think it was at like 55 or 56. And then, of course, when Kelsey went out, it, it dropped down, maybe all the way down to 52 and then got bought back up. So I like to look at those types of games. Uh, so I agree with you on guys like golf that it's like, look look for where the points are probably going to be scored. Um, I look I look over at eatdrinkandsleepfootball.com. They have a nice little implied point total every week, uh, and it's a really nice table. I suggest you go and look at that. Uh, the Chargers are number two with the implied point total right behind the Chiefs at 27. And so that's why I have Justin Herbert pretty high. I mean, we talked about Justin Herbert a lot like in the preseason. I'm kind of in love with him this this year. And uh, he's my QB2 this week. He's the ECR QB5 last I looked. So, I mean, you drafted Justin Herbert. You're starting Justin Herbert. I don't have to tell you that. But, like, I just I like him as, like, maybe even the, the top quarterback uh, this week. Uh, though I think we both have Lamar Jackson in that spot. Yep. And I have, I also have Justin Herbert as my QB two this week. So I am nice. with you on that. I, I just think that that should be sort of, you know, Adam Azer of CBS is uh, known for for having uh, what he calls the bonanza games, and right. yep. <laughs> they don't always turn into bonanza games. But uh, that game does to me shape up as a potential bonanza game uh, between uh, two adept offenses mm-hmm. uh, that should score. A, a good number of points in that game so it should be a back and forth game uh where you know and i like two of the season as well so i think it, i think it's a good time to start um start your offensive players from that game um some other quarterbacks i like uh this week uh, geno smith i you know i talked about it all preseason that i uh 
I'm in on Gino mm-hmm. uh, this season. And uh, if I'm in on him this season, uh, I'm certainly not going to be out on him this week against the Rams. I mean, this is not <laughs> the Rams defense of previous years. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey's not around anymore. In fact, most of their team now is is different on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Uh, a lot of inexperience there. Um, it's just, you know, other than Aaron Donald, there's, there's not a lot uh, there to, to be afraid of, I think. So um, I, I just see Seattle. I think they're a team that was underrated in the marketplace to begin with, uh, but they also just get a very soft landing to begin. It's a home game against the Rams. So uh, I like Geno a lot in that matchup. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you with Geno. And you mentioned Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Pete Carroll, you know, I, I thought he was kind of lying to us when he, whatever he said when he first got injured, that he might be back week one. Well, it looks like he might be back week one. You know, I thought he might miss a couple games. So that, that obviously boosts his value. I do him, I have him right, be, right below Tua in my rankings. I have Tua at nine, Gino at 10, but I could easily flip those two because, yeah, the Rams uh, are nowhere near what they were like when they won the Super Bowl, you know, a couple years ago. And they're just, they're a shell. They haven't like retooled or anything. So like that defense, I don't think got any better from last year when, and they were bad last year. Yep, yep. And then in terms of like super flex leagues, um, I, I'm going to give Russell Wilson the benefit of the doubt this week. Um, I know last year was tough. Uh, his his first year in Denver was uh, not according to plan, but now he's got Sean Payton around. And I mean, he just gets a great first week matchup, uh, you would think, at home against the Raiders. I mean, that just seems tasty, you know? So. Mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson this week is, um, and it looks like Jerry Judy is actually trending up towards being available as well. So, uh, and Javante Williams, we've talked about, has uh, made good progress all throughout the offseason and should be uh, good to go to play a big role, uh, quote unquote, uh, in this game as well. So I think the the Broncos look like they're uh, in good shape to start off pretty well at home against uh, Vegas. And, um, you know, I feel like at this, I have Russell Wilson as my QB thirteen. He's the seventeen on on the uh, fantasy pros consensus ranking. So, like, I think he's actually in the conversation as a streamer. You're just probably not going to need to stream a quarterback in week one. But right, um, but I, you know, in in a super flex league, I'd be very confident about him as my QB two. Oh yeah, I mean, in our dynasty super flex, I've got Geno as my number two. So I'm feeling great week one. We'll see, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, I actually am more with the consensus on Russ. I have him at seventeen. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like you said, it's, it's super flex, like feel good about starting them. There probably aren't too many people who are starting them week one in a, uh, one QB league, but yeah, maybe. I mean, like you said, if, if you have him at 13, then he's like borderline right for you. Yep, exactly. Um, and then, you know, going deeper into those super flex leagues, just real quickly, like Sam Howell is, is the rookie, uh, or not rookie, but the, the young quarterback mm-hmm. I kind of, uh, like this season the most. Cause I feel like he's got that, that rushing potential. So uh, I probably am going to have him a bit above the consensus consistently until um, other people start ranking him a little higher. But, I mean, he's also home against Arizona. So, I mean, that's just like a dream first matchup for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got him at QB 16, four spots ahead of consensus. Uh, I talked about Brock Purdy plenty in the offseason. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, it's not a good matchup. He's at Pittsburgh. I mean, that's that's not really what you're looking for uh, for a matchup. But, like, I I have him at QB 17 and that's as low as I can really justify ranking Brock Purdy right now. And that's still seven spots higher than the consensus. Um, and then I'll just throw out real quick, Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm actually, I have him and Ryan Tannehill in, in a super flex league. And 
Uh, I have to decide which of the two of them to start. And I'm actually <laughs> above consensus on both of them this week, but more on Baker. Uh, so uh, I feel like Tannehill will be my preferred option most weeks, but uh, Baker at Minnesota, that just seems like they're going to have to throw the ball to yeah. keep up. And I think that Viking defense is pretty vulnerable this season. So um, that's a much more friendly matchup than Tannehill at New Orleans. Well, I'll tell you what, as, as we go through these on Thursday, I'm going to, I'm going to live update some of my week one rankings. And I actually had Tannehill at 27 and Baker at 28, but you know what? I'll go ahead and flip them. I'll move Baker up a spot. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 27 and 28. It's cold. It is. But you know, it's like I said, before we started recording, like with my quarterbacks, I'm, I'm pretty in line with a lot of the consensus on quarterback. It starts deviating quite a bit when we get into some running backs and wide receivers, but um, if we want to get in a few quarterbacks that who you could maybe consider sitting, we both have Dak Prescott on our list. Um, he was QB. I was looking at ECR, like I said, a couple days ago. He was the QB 10. Now he's the QB 12 in ECR. He's my QB 14. Looks like he's your QB 18. So we're both, you know, down on Dak. We talked about how we're down on Dak, you know, going into the season just overall. And this is on the road, you know, against the Giants. I was just looking at his game log. He hasn't had a good game against the Giants, you know, on the road in quite some time, maybe like four or five years. And, you know, it's just this defense, Brian Dayball, you know, was he coach of the year last year, Dayball? I feel like he was. Um, Gosh, I should know that. I should look it up. But, I mean, he was definitely in the running if he wasn't. Like, he turned this team around. Some people give a lot more credit to the players and stuff. He was. Yeah. just looked it up for you. Yeah, so, like, I mean, this this team is on the the rise. I, I I really believe that. And, uh, yeah, I just think that this defense is a little bit tougher than people maybe are giving him credit for. And Dak is dealing with a new offensive coordinator. You know, like, just he's got Brandon Cooks there who might help, but he's got to figure things out with him. So, I just – week one, I'm just like – I'm a little bit down on Dak. Yeah. No, I'm with I'm with you. And, I mean, I've, I've expressed my concern about Dak um, all offseason. Just um, Mike McCarthy ball instead of Kellen Moore ball. Like, yeah. it just feels like – it might be disappointing. Uh, you know, uh, we're just going to have to see. I, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of offense the Cowboys run this season because people are still pretty bullish on their passing game in rankings. Like, uh, CeeDee Lamb is a consensus, you know, top 10, close to top five receiver for people. Uh, Brandon Cooks is someone people like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, even Michael Gallup is getting a little bit of love. Jake uh, Ferguson. So, you know, we're just going to have to see how much this team actually passes and, and also just how what their pace of play is like. I mean, are they going to run a lot of plays or are they going to run a real slow offense? You know, so um, these are the things I feel like we're going to we're going to learn about um, in week one. Uh, but to me, Cowboys versus Giants just has the, the feel of a slugfest. I mean, a lot of teams start slow offensively at the beginning of the season. It feels like that was a big issue last year. Um, and I just, I mean, I'm I'm below consensus on Daniel Jones this week too. I know he gives you a rushing floor, but uh, I don't think this is going to be a, a very good passing game for Daniel Jones against that ferocious Cowboys defense. Um, I, I just think this is going to be a game of field goals most likely. Yeah, and you know we we differ here on on Daniel Jones because I actually had him a little bit more of a start because I have him at QB twelve, uh, but really after my top eleven QBs this this week, which ends with Kirk Cousins, I start getting into some names like Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. Uh, you mentioned J- Jared Goff earlier, but like these are names where I was a little bit just unsure about, you know. So like I, I really like my top eleven, and then it just sort of I had a tier. I, I like to do tiers of guys even with weekly rankings, and so I had Daniel Jones at the top of that tier. Uh, especially because of the rushing that he provides. But, 
yeah, I you know I could easily move him to like the bottom of this tier, and, and he could be there kind of more where you have him. So I, I can I can yeah, see that it's tough got, to. Eat. Yeah, I mean, I've got guys like Russell Wilson ahead of him, Sam Howell I have ahead of him this week. So okay, um, you know, good I matchup. Just, I mean, Sam Howell is going to run too, and he's yep. facing Arizona instead of the, the uh, Cowboys. So, yep, that's kind of polar opposites there. Anyone else you want to talk about who you're down on here with QBs? Uh, no, I think I mean you know I, Jordan Love. I would I would say um, with his receivers banged up, um, Aaron Rodgers tough matchup against the Bills. Yeah. Matthew Stafford without Cup is way off my radar. Yeah, and I mean like in two QB leagues, you're you're probably starting a guy like Aaron Rodgers, of course, but like. For a one QB league, I, I I agree. Like I would be, I'd be worried about a new quarterback with a new team. You know, he's got that hard knocks bump, and people are excited about it. There's going to be a lot of people I think who are starting Aaron Rodgers this week, and I think they might be disappointed as well. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Jordan Love. Like Christian Watson might not go. Like I don't think he's practiced the last two days, so that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and again, you know, it's easier to say these things in rankings than it is if it's your team to actually do. I mean, like yeah, you know, I I'm my rankings would advocate that you start Sam Howell over Aaron Rodgers, but I know that that's like a hard thing for people that drafted Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to do. So um, I understand if you want to um, stick with your, your guys in week one, you know um, but as once we start getting data, then it will be, uh, it'll be easier to make these kind of calls. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, we all, we all know that Arizona is going to be bad this year, right? But what if they win six games? I mean, like, we, we don't really know. I mean, we, we think we know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad, but the NFL often surprises us. Oh, in, <laughs> indubitably. <laughs> All right, let's move on to running backs. Yeah. Uh, so who are some guys that you like uh, this week above the consensus? I mean, the big one I was looking at with running back uh, was uh, Jamal Williams. And this is oh, yeah. this is all about like this this isn't all about like how he scored what seventeen rushing touchdowns or whatever last year. Um, I don't expect him to have a, a rushing touchdown every game on average uh, in New Orleans now. But Alvin Kamara is not going to be available the first three weeks because that suspension I was I was talking about. Um, I do think it's possible that we could see like a Taysom Hill package around the goal line. But I, I was looking at their depth chart and I don't really even know who the the other running back is other than a Taysom Hill. You know, so Jamal Williams I think is going to get all the you know work he he wants uh tennessee's run defense is 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 you know okay solids but i just think with the volume uh they're favored to win it's at home i think he probably will find the end zone i've already i think i tweeted this a few days ago i already you know bet on him anytime touchdown was plus 150 i think i bet on him to be like the first touchdown for the saints at plus 550 or something i really believe in him put my money where my mouth is and he's my he's my rb 15 and i think last i looked ecr was about 10 spots lower yeah, I've got him at RB18, so I'm seven spots ahead of, of the – and this is in half PPR. In, in standard, yeah. non-PPR, I'd have him inside my top 15 as well. Yep. But um, I don't think he's going to catch passes, so that's just one thing to keep in mind. Um, but I absolutely agree with you. Game flow-wise, like at home, they're favored by three points. Uh, Tennessee is just not the type of team that I, I see running out to a huge lead and forcing – uh, the Saints into comeback mode. I, I feel like this is going to be a game that, at, at worst, is is a one score game the whole time, and at, at best, maybe the Saints are the ones that jump out to a bit of a lead and can milk the clock a bit in the second half. So I agree, he's going to get a ton of work. Um, we'll get to Taysom Hill because I like him too. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I do think he's the backup running back uh, in in this matchup for the Saints because they don't, like you said, they just don't really have anyone else if the rookie uh, Kendra Miller isn't able to play and it doesn't look like he will be so um, I'm with you on Jamal Williams absolutely I mean this guy is 
it's easy to say he's due some touchdown regression from last year, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But he's still going to score a lot of touchdowns this year, I think. And this game in particular seems like a good opportunity to, to do that once or maybe even twice. Um, uh, I'll, I'll mention a couple other guys real quick, and then maybe you can give me a couple. Um, Raheem Mostert, I have eight Oh, spots. you're going to steal my guy? Come on. Oh, let me switch then. J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> do you have him too? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go uh, ahead on Dobbins. I'll do Dobbins, and then you can take Mostert. Um, Dobbins I have is my QB. My QB. Yeah, he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins I have is my RB9. ECR is 15. So this is just six spots higher. But when you're talking about top level, I mean, that's kind of a lot of spots. So I have him easily as an RB1. You know, I'm going back to the well. I know we talked about J.K. Dobbins a ton last year. But this this is a home matchup against Houston. They're favored by 10. I know I, I tweeted at you today to jump on that Maryland boost where they, yeah, they boosted them to win. Way. Yeah, for even money. Like, you got to take that. Um, if it doesn't work out, like what what can you do? I mean, it, I, I'd be pretty surprised if the Texans win that game. But I do like Dobbins too. Um, you know, have a have a good game. I mean, Gus Edwards, he'll get he'll get some work too. Maybe Justice Hill at the end of the game. But I think Dobbins can get plenty of work done in the first uh, half alone uh, to be uh, an RB one this this week against the Texans. Yeah, I I mean I feel like I'm high on Dobbins uh, as well this week. Um, but uh, I've got him. I've got him at RB twelfth, uh, so maybe I need to bump him up a spot or two. Uh, in fact, I'm going to. I'm going to put him at. I'm going to put him at RB ten. There you go. So uh, as live live ranking updates here. <laughs> I mean, I do think the the this game script just sets up perfectly for him. Um, going going against a uh, a rookie uh, quarterback yeah. on, who's first start on the road against a defense that's always a, a tough defense to handle. I just don't see Houston scoring a lot of points here. And I don't, um, you know, I think the Ravens can kind of eat all around. Um, you know, we both mentioned we have Lamar at QB one this week. And uh, I will say that the, the Texans defense actually um, gave up the least fantasy points uh, to quarterbacks last season, but that was because they gave up the most rushing touchdowns <laughs> yeah. uh, to running backs. So <laughs> that's another good uh, indicator for J.K. Dobbins this week. Yeah, and I mean for Lamar, Lamar could also rush for 100 yards and have a touchdown. So it was, it's not all about the passing with Lamar, even with our that ranking. I mean, he could do it with his legs too, obviously. Exactly, and I also think that was a little more circumstantial too. I mean, the yeah. Texans are – I just don't think they're a very good defense. They, uh, I think teams might have kind of taken the foot off the gas pedal a little against them last year just because they weren't scoring enough points to stay competitive. Yep. Well, go, um, go ahead with Mostert, man. Let's do oh, it. Oh, man. Well, you know I, I, I love me some Raheem <laughs> Mostert, and I've got him in our Dynasty League, and I'm firing him up uh, over some <laughs> pretty established players. Um, right now I've got him in over Dalvin Cook. Um, I could see playing him over uh, Deontay Johnson. Like, uh, you know, I, I really love Raheem Mostert this week. I've got him at RB17 and half PPR, and – you know, we talked about this game already. It's going to be a fun game. It should have a lot of scoring in it. Uh, but I also just look at that team right now, and uh, the rookie Devin A. Chain has been uh, missing a lot of practice time. And so even if he does suit up, I don't see him playing a huge role. I mean, there were questions already about how big a role A. Chain would play just based on how they were using him in the preseason before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's sort of looking like more of – I don't want to call him a gadget player, but maybe – a change of pace, you know, as opposed to a guy that's going to be getting double digit touches. And then of course, Jeff Wilson is on IR. Um, Salvin Ahmed is probably the number two back this week, but um, you know, he was as far down as four or five uh, coming into, into the year. So I don't think 
Um, he's much of a threat to the lead back status for, for Mostert. Um, he will spell him. Uh, you know, I don't think Mostert is a player that's going to handle 20, 25 touches. That's not really his game. Uh, but I think he's going to handle 15 touches, and they're going to be very efficient, effective touches. I mean, this team has just been so efficient offensively um, since uh, Mike McDaniel came to town. Uh, so I really love uh, Raheem Mostert this week. Yeah, he's my RB18, so I'm right there with you. And I actually was looking – John Daigle tweeted some, some stats of his today, and I think I bumped him up a couple spots. And I went and looked at his longest rush prop because I really like this prop. Uh, I already bet it for for Nick Chubb uh, against the Bengals. I think it was over 15 and a half because Nick Chubb just killed this prop last year. It was a moneymaker. And I thought, let me look at Raheem Mostert's game log. And his prop is over 14 and a half. I went ahead and bet that at minus 105 because I just, I think not, like you mentioned him being efficient. Like, I think he can be efficient, but I also think, obviously, he has the speed to break off a 20 or 30-yard run. So I think he'll get one of those against the Chargers, too. So just a little little bonus if you're uh, playing along at home with some uh, some bets. Nice, nice. <laughs> Um, you know, this one surprised me. I actually have Miles, uh, Miles Sanders at, uh, RB 13, uh, this week. Oh, wow. Just six spots ahead of consensus. I just think he's going to get so much work in this game against Atlanta. Um, especially, you know, while they're playing hide the QB. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it looks like, um, he could be, it, it looks like, uh, Bryce Young could be without both of his top receivers. Uh, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark are both missing practice time this week and looking very questionable uh for this game um you know it's at atlanta so i, I think it's going to be low scoring and close like i you know i don't think the falcons are going to blow them out of the water or anything so i just think miles sanders is just going to get fed and uh, even even in the passing game i think he's going to get targeted too um so I, that's like a pure volume play for me yeah a lot um, of running the ball in that game i, I agree um, one, one guy I like, I was just looking at, at my, uh, the report here on fantasy pros too. I actually wanted to mention Dion Jackson. I think we should at least mention that in Indianapolis backfield. If you're looking for someone to flex, I have Dion Jackson at RB 36, 13 spots ahead of consensus. I think he's going to get the most work this week. And so if you're really desperate, I, I really do like him, uh, much higher, like as a, as a flex play, you know, but much higher than the expert consensus right now. Yeah, I actually have him at the same spot, RB36, although I will say that's written in pencil, not in ink, because <laughs> it does look like Zach Moss is trending up towards playing. Good point, yep. Uh, and that really clouds the situation a lot to me. Um, you know, the, the rookie, Evan Hull, I'm also above consensus on him right now, uh, but this is all sort of assuming that Zach Moss doesn't play. If Moss plays, uh, I'm probably just going to go hands-off on, on the entire backfield. Yeah, that's that's a good caveat there. I, I probably would do the same if, if Moss is active. I'm just I I'm just not betting on health. Same with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know we mentioned him earlier, but it's like, I'll believe it when I see it with some of these guys coming off like fractured wrists, <laughs> broken forearms. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. yep. Um, anyone else you want to talk about in running back? I, I, I have um, Damian Pierce <laughs> above consensus, which isn't surprising just because no. I'm very high on him this year. Um, it's not the greatest matchup, obviously, at Baltimore, but uh, I think he's going to get a lot of work, and I just I just like the role that he that he's going to have this season. Well, uh, we can get into some sits. You mentioned Mostert. Uh, I have him as a start as well. He's my RB18. I think I mentioned that, but I have him a couple spots ahead, ahead of a guy, J- Jameer Gibbs, who's playing right now, so I couldn't tell you what his stats are right now for Gibbs, but like just in general, like week one, I'm, I'm usually like shying away from rookies. Uh, even in a game like this, uh, I just... 
I kind of want to see it first. Uh, you know, we've, we've had conversations about Dawson Knox versus Dalton Kincaid. We may get into that with tight ends, um, but I, I'm probably really low on Kincaid this week. Same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I just – maybe week two I'll, 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 I'll see, you know, move him up a little bit. But with, with a guy like Gibbs, I, I was down on him. And we'll see how it plays out. We'll, we'll know tomorrow <laughs> or we'll know tonight. But I, his ECR was 14, and I had him at 21, which still felt high to me. Yeah, I mean, I have the same as you. I'm not going to comment on it because we'll either sound like we <laughs> cheated by talking about it after the fact, or or just sound really stupid tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on Jamir on Jameer Gibbs. Fair but, enough. Um, some guys I'm below consensus on Kenneth Walker, and I was six spots behind, and I haven't even uh, six spots behind consensus. I should say I'm mm-hmm. at, at RB19 for me, and I haven't even moved him down yet with the recent uh, news just in the last hour or two that uh, he uh, came down with a groin injury uh, in today's practice. So Mm. uh, that further clouds clouds his status. But, uh, you know, if he ends up playing and is not 100%, like I'll lower him even more than this. This is assuming he's healthy because I I just feel like this Seahawk backfield is very hard to predict right now um, in terms of Who's gonna Who's gonna get the work? I mean, he's definitely the favorite to be the lead back coming out to start the season, but sure. I, it's not clear to me he's gonna get like sixty five percent of the snaps over Zach Charbonnet. You know, it could easily end up being close to a fifty fifty split uh, from the beginning, and that's if uh, if Walker's healthy. <laughs> if he's not, Charbonnet could get a chance to really um, establish himself as the lead guy in this backfield relatively early in the season. Um, so I, I like the, the matchup against the Rams, you know, for the reasons I talked about with Geno Smith. Um, but, uh, I just don't think Kenneth Walker has a sure enough role right now to, uh, be ranked as like a top 15 kind of a running back. Yeah. And I think he had a groin injury two or three weeks ago too. So I don't know if this is a re-injury. I actually hadn't even seen this, uh, news. So that's, that is a little concerning, especially if it's a, if it's a re-injury. Um, so yeah, something else to keep keep an eye on leading up to Sunday. I'll mention just one other guy who I'm down on. And this is more for like shallow leagues, of course, because Josh Jacobs, uh, I have him ranked as my RB 16 ECR is eight. That's just a little high for me. I know he was really good last year, um, but they're playing at Denver and Josh Jacobs, you know, wasn't really with the team and practicing and all that until what a week ago. And so I, I know people can get up to speed really quickly and everything. I'm sure he was doing training and stuff on his own, but I just think like there's something to be said with all this, this holdout or hold in that he was doing. And there, his his ADP dropped quite a bit, right, in the last two or three weeks kind of leading up to when he ended it. So I could see a scenario where someone's in an 8 or 10 team league. There are people out there in shallow leagues. Maybe they got Josh Jacobs in like the 6th, 7th, 8th round. You just never know um, if he slipped because people are worried about it. So there could be a scenario where you have like three or four really good running backs and then you're like, do I start Josh Jacobs? So, again, <laughs> like it, there probably aren't many people out there like that. You're probably starting him, but I am down on him versus ECR. Okay, that's it's interesting for DFS purposes, if nothing else. Sure. Although I must say I'm right with consensus. I've got him at RB eight, so um, I actually think it might be uh, low key a good thing for him that he sat out all of camp after how many touches he got last season. Like <laughs> fresh legs, you know he needed he needed a break. <laughs> <laughs> he needed an extended break, and uh, because the that's my biggest concern with Josh Jacobs is just like the track record of running backs that 
get utilized as heavily as he did last season the following year is not great so yeah that's like a little bit of a warning sign for me uh, about him more than rust or anything like that well anyway i feel like with running backs they can kind of just <laughs> jump right back into it you know yeah well anyone else you want to mention here there, i see a familiar name of Najee harris who we <laughs> yeah we talked about a lot in the preseason like i'm probably down a little bit on him but maybe not quite as much as as you are yeah well i mean i, I would you know, mention a lot of the same arguments about Najee Harris that I did just did about Kenneth Walker in terms of just not that certain role, mm-hmm. you know, like we don't, we just don't know how big a piece of the pie Najee Harris is going to get until we actually see it. Um, and the difference is that Kenneth Walker, I think, I know he had some uh, efficiency issues last year. Like, you know, he, he would have like five one yard runs in over before he broke off like a 60 yard run or something. Yeah. Um, but I would still say he's significantly more talented uh, than Najee Harris, I believe. So um, with Harris, it's not just the role that's in question. It's also just the pure ability. And then you look at the matchup, it's far worse, too, against San Francisco. I mean, that's pretty much the worst defense that you'll you'll be matched up against as a running back. So I barely have Najee Harris inside my top 24. He's my RB24. So uh, that's one where I could absolutely see – uh, benching him if you have if you happen to have two other really good running backs, um, you know, like uh, I don't know how Isaiah Pacheco is doing tonight, but I actually put him one spot ahead of Najee Harris, so that tells you uh, how far down Harris is for me. Um, I just uh, I think Jalen Warren is is a talented player, and I don't expect Jalen Warren to become the lead back, but I do think he could make it pretty close to an even committee, and I just don't know if Najee Harris uh, is good enough to. Uh, be an RB2 on uh, without the volume that he's gotten the last couple of seasons. Yeah, well, a lot of these guys we've already mentioned, Jamal Williams, uh, Raheem Mostert, Miles Sanders, who you mentioned, I have I have all of them above Najee Harris as well. I have Najee at RB23, so I'm, I'm actually right there with you. It looks like you're 24, I'm 23, so we're both a little bit low on Najee and all those guys we kind of talked about who we like. Um, yeah, I, w- I would start them over Najee. Uh, I don't think I have Najee on any of my teams, so like I don't have that problem, but if – you know, people who are listening to this probably like Najee. They drafted him, right? If they're, if they're trying to figure out who to play. But, like, I would definitely start Jamal Williams over Najee Harris this week. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, so you want to move to wide receiver then? Let's do it. All right. Uh, so I, a couple guys, I mean, these these guys kind of fit into the – you're going to be starting them if you've got them. But I love uh, Calvin Ridley this week. Um, I've got him as my wide receiver eight. Uh, I just I think it's just a dream matchup for him, um, and I think that there's just going to be a desire to sort of showcase their new their new toy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I think Calvin Ridley is going to have a big game uh, against Indianapolis uh, and uh, get peppered with targets in his first uh, game as a Jaguar. That was nice of the uh, NFL to welcome him back with a nice soft matchup, wasn't it? <laughs> exactly yes yes uh and uh and the jags are um of course a team that is among the highest projected point totals this week at 25.75 uh fourth highest on the slate uh so definitely definitely enthusiastic about him uh one one conversation that could be interesting is the the chargers because it seems like you're super high on mike williams mm-hmm. and i'm super high on keenan allen um I have Keenan Allen as my wide receiver seven uh, for this week. Um, I don't hate Mike Williams, but I do wonder, I mean, if he's going to get some shadow treatment uh, from Xavier Howard. Yeah. Um, so, like, I just think that the way to attack 
the Dolphins is probably more of the underneath stuff. Um, so uh, I, I could see um, just this being more of a Keenan Allen game than a Mike Williams game. But um, certainly just the, the game script and the, the nature of the game, I'm not advocating benching Mike Williams. I just I'm not um, as gung ho on him uh, as, as it sounds like you are this week. Yeah. And I mean, like for Mike Williams, like I think he was my 16th or 17th wide receiver just in draft rankings anyway. So like I bumped him up a couple spots this week just because it's a it's a should be a high scoring game. You're right. He could get he could see a lot of Xavier Howard. Uh, there's also some talk of like, you know, just now that they have Quentin Johnson there and like obviously Joshua Palmer, like guys could move around a little bit. So we'll have to see how it plays out. I just I want a part of this offense, you know, like obviously you're starting a guy like Austin Eckler. He's my number one running back this week. Sure. But then when you get to the receivers, like even Joshua Palmer could be if you're in a deep league, like he could be someone like we talked about, like starting the season, Quentin Johnson is like the number four receiver. So Palmer, like same thing. He's not going to get that Xavier uh, Howard treatment. So he could be a sneaky you know, kind of deep sleeper start as well. So kind of interesting with the, the, these chargers, but yeah, I do like Mike Williams, but that just has to do a lot with, <laughs> I liked him coming into the season too, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a great call on Josh Palmer, by the way. I, uh, you know, I feel like that's something I noticed looking at the rankings. Like um, there's sort of a tendency for, um, for people to stick, make their week one rankings kind of similar to their draft rankings. Yeah. But like the signal is pretty clear that like, Right now, Josh Palmer is the wide receiver three, and Quentin Johnson is the is the wide receiver four. So, um, you know, I have Josh Palmer rated around where a lot of people have Quentin Johnson this week, which is wide receiver sixty seven. Uh, so I'm like eight spots ahead of consensus on Palmer and uh, Quentin Johnson. I barely have in my top one hundred wide receivers. So like, yeah. hopefully you're not starting him even in a very very deep league this week. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of that way with a lot of the rookies. I mean, I've seen some blurbs like, oh, Josh Downs is going to be really involved, or Jalen Hyatt, this and that. Like, I'm I'm not starting any of these guys. I mean, I know Rasheed Rice caught a touchdown tonight. That's great. I mean, that should make you feel good about him next week. But he probably wasn't in your lineup. I just it's really hard to start these guys week one. You really want to see how they're utilized, especially when, you know, they're probably the, the number four or five receiver on their team. Mm. Yep. Uh, going back to that uh, Vegas uh, Denver game, I wanted to talk about Cortland Sutton. Uh, I have him as wide receiver 22. Last I looked, ECR was 31. So I'm like nine or 10 spots higher. This has to do with Jerry Judy uh, being out. And at least I think he'll be out. So like if Judy plays, uh, this will drop considerably. But for now, I think Cortland Sutton is kind of a sneaky wide receiver, too, in a good matchup. Uh, you mentioned liking Russell Wilson this week. Uh, I think Marvin Mims could also be kind of a you know sneaky as well uh, if Judy's out. So we'll have to see if Judy's you know gotten back healthy. Uh, we'll find out soon enough. But for now, I'm not ranking Judy, and I'm, I, have, I have Cortland Sutton as, as a wide receiver, too. Yeah, I, I'm sort of under the assumption Judy is going to play right now because he did he did practice on Wednesday and Thursday, so they were both limited uh, practices. But it just seems like he's trending in the right direction to play, um, which was something that we had no idea a, a couple days ago <laughs> what was going to be going on there because um, it was it was anywhere from him playing in week one to him you know there was some talk of him being out eight weeks or something like that. Yeah, um, but it always seemed like it was likely to be a, a more minor injury, so. Um, I'm sort of anticipating him playing, but I agree if he if he's out, then Cortland Sutton would definitely get a big bump up my rankings. Um, matchups I'm attacking are um, the Seahawks. You know, I talked about Geno Smith, so I'm high on both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett this week. Um, you know, it, 
Jackson Smith and Jigba it does sound like he's going to play, which is good, but he's missed practice time. He's a rookie. Like, he's not going to play a huge role right away. It's going to be the bread and butter of Metcalf and Lockett um, going against the, those Rams. It just uh, it, it should be a, a good matchup for them. And then both of the, the box receivers as well. Uh, I'm well above consensus on Mike Evans in particular, but I'm also above consensus on Chris Godwin. Um, I just, like I said, I, you know, same, same argument about Baker Mayfield, really. It's that Minnesota secondary looks really bad. And uh, I just think the Bucks are going to have to throw the ball in this game uh, to have any chance of trying to uh, keep up with Kirk Cousins and company. Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, Chargers and uh, Dolphins is the bonanza, then this one is uh, maybe a sneaky shootout. I know we talked about sneaky shootouts a little bit last year uh, when we were doing game previews, and I think that Bucks uh, vikings maybe I'll have to take a look at the over-under on that one because I, I could see this one going over if the Bucks if Baker can be competent. Like, he was competent at times last year. There were a couple games there, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, and he's got great weapons. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I feel like people have been a little – too down on the Bucks, honestly, this year. Um, I, I think that they're actually going to have to be a little more um, pass happy uh, than they might otherwise want to be, just um, because uh, you know I think their defense is okay, but it's not it's not going to be shutting people down. And um, Rashad White, their their running back, I think is better as a receiver than as a runner. Um, so I just think this team is going to slant towards the pass. All right. Well, we got to talk about the uh, the wide receiver sits here because all three guys that we put on our podcast note are on our my dynasty team <laughs> in our dynasty league. What's up with that? We've got Michael Pittman who is on my sit, and I probably I don't know that I'll have the luxury of sitting him honestly in a dynasty league. And then you have Drake London and Gabe Davis. So all these guys I might be starting on Sunday in my in our dynasty league. But Pittman, I'm you know with Anthony Richardson being a rookie. Uh, I'm just not sure that Pittman's going to get a ton of targets. I think Richardson's going to scramble a bit. You know, Pittman could miss out on some targets. Uh, he could have some balls thrown at his feet. So, like, I don't know. I'm gonna, if anything, I might look at the prop on under yardage for Michael Pittman. I might, I might bet that uh, come Sunday. But I have to have to look into it. If it's over 50 yards, I, I, I have a hard time seeing Pittman get to 50 yards this week. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm. Pittman is one of those guys where it's just you know technically he's the number one receiver on his team and that's good Mm but uh this just seems like a team that is really going to be extremely run heavy like um you know and which is a little scary considering (laughs) the running backs that they currently have at their disposal but uh, mostly I just think this is a team that's going to really struggle to score points you know and it doesn't mean Anthony Richardson can't be a decent fantasy option just because he's running for 50 yards you know himself every game or more Mm -hmm. Um, but like in terms of putting points on the board it's going to be hard to see Michael Pittman finding the end zone and it's going to be hard to find him uh, putting up big yardage numbers either uh Gabe Davis, you know, I, I, I feel like Gabe Davis was – I'm not – like, I, I don't want to hate on him because I actually think he was like a, a sneaky good value in drafts this year. I think he's going to have plenty of huge games. But we know the, the the deal with Gabe Davis. Like, it's peaks and valleys, you know. And um, this week he's going up against what I think is quite possibly the best secondary in the NFL. Um, and they're returning uh, all their starting corners, and they allowed the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers in the league last season. Um, this is this is from uh, Mike Clay at ESPN. Um, you know, in in his uh, two games against the Jets last year, Davis two catches for thirty three yards and three catches for thirty one yards. Yeah. So 
I just I just don't like this matchup at all for Gabe Davis, and it's it's certainly possible he comes down with one 50-yard touchdown pass and ends up having a great game, but I certainly don't uh, think he's going to get uh, a lot of volume, um, a lot of receptions in this game. So it's really it's it's kind of like touchdown or bust a little bit. I think. Yeah, you're right about the the corners. I agree with you, and I, I was just looking at his game log while you were uh, talking about it. So. Uh, yeah, he, he did not do too well against that secondary last year against the Jets, so I might move him down a little bit, but like I said, I might not have the luxury <laughs> of sitting him, but I don't know, maybe maybe I'll consider starting like a Jackson Smith and Jigba if he's healthy, so, uh, mm-hmm. or I mean, I'm definitely going to start uh, Zay Flowers. I'm, I might end up starting a couple rookies. I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but in a dynasty league, sometimes you have to do those things. Um, well, what about yeah. Drake London? Because I would imagine same thing goes there as like, run heavy run heavy offense and you know maybe only get only sees five targets or something is that the concern yeah i mean you know honestly like i don't have a ton of faith in desmond ritter but i also just feel like um the falcons are a team that would love to be able to just control the, the game you know like they would love to just run the ball and not give up a lot of points and control games and i think there'll be a lot of games this season where they can't afford to do that and they'll just have to try to get the ball to Drake London. And I, I like Drake London a lot as a player. I've, I've said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think this is going to be a very run heavy team whenever they can be. And I certainly think they can be in this matchup home against Carolina, Bryce Young's first career start, uh, likely without Thielen and shark. Uh, I just, <laughs> I just don't see the Panthers, um, you know, putting up a ton of points in this game. So I just don't see any reason that the Falcons are going to uh, air the ball out at all um and you know what seems like london is the number one target there i mean they do still have kyle pitts around and it's not really clear to me exactly how it's going to split between those two um Bijan also is a, a new factor because he could hog a lot of the, the passing game targets as well so i, I just I, I'm, I'm in a more of a wait and see mode with london like he could be a, a big impact player down the stretch this season but uh, i feel like he might be slow out of the gates yep no that makes sense uh, any other receivers you want to talk about um, no, I think we can move on to tight ends. Tight ends. Well, you mentioned Taysom Hill. Uh, he's on my list, too. I see he's your tight end 14. He's my tight end 16. Uh, but either way, we both have him at least 10 spots above consensus. And I mentioned it at the top of the show. Like, if if you had Kelsey and you need someone, I think I think uh, Taysom Hill is a viable option for some of the reasons I mentioned when we were talking about Jamal Williams because there's going to be some Taysom Hill packages. And who knows? Maybe he'll even throw a, a pass or two or he'll catch a pass or two. But I definitely think he'll get five rushes uh maybe even eight or ten rushes because i really don't know who else is going to get those rushes uh who who they're going to activate uh you know on sunday but they might just go with some Taysom hill packages and he could even get it at the goal line so with tight end if if you're in a pinch and you have kelsey or if kittle gets ruled out potentially i know he's dealing with an an issue so like you could do worse than Taysom hill yeah i you know and you can say it's like we don't know exactly how he's going to be used and and things like that. There's some risk. I mean, he is a little bit of a boomer bust kind of a player, but like what tight end outside of the top 10 isn't like that. You know, I honestly, you could even go beyond the top. I mean, you could say outside of the top seven, right? I, mean, I have Kyle Pitts at eight. Like, <laughs> how can you not say Kyle Pitts is boomer bust at this point of his career? Sure. You know? Like, so I think Taysom Hill is, he's a player that people still, for some reason, bury in the rankings because they don't think he's a real tight end, but he has tight end eligibility just about everywhere, even though 
Uh, I saw the Saints listed him as a quarterback for this game. It doesn't matter. They could <laughs> list him as a running back. That's what we think he's going to be used as. Sure. <laughs> but regardless, however they use him, he's going to get some touches in this game. I think they need they need that from him uh, with uh, Kamara out and with Kendra Miller banged up. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a, a tight end 14, and um, I will be starting him in our Dynasty League now that uh, Travis Kelsey is out. Um, no, you won't because I have him. You traded him to oh, me. <laughs> no, never mind. I'm thinking of a different league. See, I'm in too many leagues. <laughs> I am starting. I am starting Taysom Hill in uh, in the Scott Fishbowl. That's where I'm starting him. Nice. <laughs> yes, I'm starting him in the Scott Fishbowl because Travis Kelsey is out. <laughs> See, I got Kelsey everywhere. I'm, oh yeah, I used to have Taysom Hill everywhere. The, the only other, <laughs> I'm a little less everywhere now. Yeah. The only other tight end I'll mention. I, I've talked about a bunch before, so I'll just briefly say Tyler Conklin. He was a guy I really liked as kind of a deep sleeper to potentially finish as a top twelve tight end this year. He's my tight end 19, so like you know, you're probably not even considering starting him this week unless you're in some sort of a tight end premium or like a guillotine league with 18 teams, like I talked about. Like I could see where there's some deep, you know, leagues out there where someone might be considering a Tyler Conklin type, and I just have him like 10 spots higher because I just think he could be Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of red zone guy. We'll see. I'd much rather kind of see it week one, like I was talking about with some of the rookies like Dalton Kincaid or even a Sam Laporta. I saw Laporta was like pretty high on a lot of. Uh, is is he one of your guys that you liked, or is he is he down for you? Yes, yeah, yeah. I've got him at tight end eleven this week, so I'll, I'll be very curious to see. I've been keeping it in the corner of my eye when he's been catching a few passes at the end of the first half. Nice, uh, starting to put up some numbers. So I just feel like Laporta is um, he's a really polished uh, tight end for a rookie, uh, and I feel like they need him as a pass catcher because they just uh, with Jamison Williams suspended, uh, they just don't. They just don't really have a lot beyond Amon Ra, St. Brown, uh, in the passing game right now. And I do think um, they're a team that, you know, Jared Goff played really well last season. And I, I think um, there's definitely potential for Laporta to just step right in and be the number two target in their passing game from day one. So uh, that's that's a rarity among uh, tight ends and especially rookie tight ends. Yeah, well, you um, might be right because I'm looking at his box score. It's in the third quarter, but four for 26. I mean, he's on pace to be a tight end one <laughs> this week. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, the four catches is nice. The 26 isn't so hot, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, there's still some time left. Sure. Um, so, you know, I was talking about my concerns about the Cowboys, but I do have Jake Ferguson at, at tight end 12 just mm-hmm. because um, – I do think like there's a chance that he's um, kind of steps right into the Dalton Schultz kind of role in their offense, and uh, um, just once you get like I said outside of the top ten tight ends, mm-hmm. it becomes uh, pretty iffy. So that's why I've got him there. Um, I did also, for the record, move uh, Noah Gray into my <laughs> into my top twenty tight ends uh, once uh, Kelsey was rolled out. I don't. I think he's only caught one or two passes, but. Um, but yeah, he's another guy that I was at least interested in. I've had him stashed in Dynasty uh, for the better part of a year now. Yeah, I think people, some of the um, the analysts were a little asleep at the wheel <laughs> updating their uh, weekly rankings. I'm seeing Noah Gray was ECR 34. I ranked him inside the top 12. You know, I, I, I kind of went for it. And wow. Yeah, I mean, okay. I just figured, you know, look, they have some packages for Kelsey. Kelsey was like a late injury, you know, like they, they're not going to just suddenly change their game plan on a Tuesday, you know what I mean? Like, or went mm-hmm. or Monday or whatever, like they're going to, they're going to plug these guys in. And sure enough, like Blake Bell caught a touchdown and I, you know, I had him at tight end 38 ECR 58. So 
you know, it's like get him I in your to even rank him. Yeah, it's that like was, get him yeah. in your rankings. I mean, that might be the only catch he has all game, but like he's going to end up as a top twenty tight end with that touchdown. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it reminds me about jo- uh, how Jody Fortson would occasionally like yeah. have a, a a big game every once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anyone playing with Mahomes, there's a chance. You know? Oh, no doubt. Um. I, also, I I I will say, um, I'm just curious to see. This is not a start <laughs> recommendation, but I'm curious to see what the Colts do at tight end. Um. With jelani woods out because i was very excited mm. about him this year so yeah uh it's probably just going to be a gross committee on a bad offense but i i am above consensus on kylan granson but that's only a tight end 30 okay well uh, personally and i have granson ahead of mo alley cox these are these are really deep but on a personal level I, I always love seeing big mo out there because you know the pride of vcu basketball down here in richmond i always like seeing mo alley cox score touchdowns on sunday it doesn't happen often but love to see it there you go. <laughs> I, I will also say, like Tyler Higby, I'm only two spots ahead of consensus, but I do have him as my tight end six. Me too. Uh, this week, so like, <laughs> if you have Tyler Higby, he should absolutely be starting for you. Like, uh, this is why you would have him on a roster for this is like a dream situation with with Cooper Cup out. Like, he he just seems like he might be their number one target. Yeah, absolutely. The, and the only other guys I'm like obviously down on versus consensus or other rookies. I already mentioned Dalton Kincaid. I'm like 10 spots lower on him. He's like my tight end 28. Luke Musgrave is my tight end 32. He, I'm eight spots, eight or nine spots lower on these guys just because, like I said, I, I kind of want to see it first. Uh, it looks like like Laporta, like you're saying, he's he's getting involved. It's yet to see if these other guys will. I think Kincaid obviously has a better chance to get involved if, if they use him like we think they will. Musgrave, Musgrave I, I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't even know what Jordan Love is going to look like. You know, it is a, It is the Bears. It's not like a, a tough matchup or anything. But it is on the road and it is a rookie, so I'm I'm not really considering starting uh, Luke Musgrave. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. Um, I I'm below consensus on Kincaid as well. I've got him at tight end 23, mm-hmm. uh, so six spots behind consensus. Um, I just like I feel like Laporta can step right in and be leaned on, whereas like Kincaid, um, it's a tough matchup and they just they don't have the same need to to lean on him as much from day one, I feel like. So right. could be a little more of a slow burn with him. Um, this one pains me, but Chigakonkwo, I'm, I'm four spots behind. I mean, ECR has him at 12, so that's like a starter in a 12-team league. I just worry about how, many, how much volume he's going to get as long as DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks are both healthy. Like, if if those guys are both healthy, it's not a high-volume passing attack. Yeah. So, like, I love Chig. Like, I think he can do a lot with a little, but, like, it's going to be a real little right now. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit different there on you. Like, he's he's someone I have at tight end. Uh, he's my tight end 10 this week. So, But like you said, after the top, like, seven or eight tight ends, it kind of gets crazy. Like, <laughs> then I have Kyle Pitts, Shigakonkwo. Like I said, I had Noah Gray up here. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of it's crazy after the, the top eight or so for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jawan Johnson too. I'll just say, like on you know, uh, the other side of of that game. Um, I just I'm worried about just how many how many mouths there are to feed mm-hmm. uh, potentially uh, in that offense, especially while Michael Thomas is healthy. You know, I just think it's um, it's it, it's a lot of it's a lot, and they have a lot of depth, honestly, at uh, at the tight end position. Even you know, even if you don't count Taysom Hill <laughs> as a tight end you know they they brought in Foster Moreau who's a, a pretty experienced uh second string tight end they yeah. also have Jimmy Graham back from the dead making plays <laughs> in the preseason so like uh you know I just think 
Alave is clearly the top guy, but then with Michael Thomas, with Rashid Shahid, and then with all those tight ends in the room, um, I just don't know how, if you can really rely on Juwan Johnson uh, to see a lot of volume. So I'm actually eight spots behind on him. He's the tight end 11. I've got him at 19. All right. Well, you want to get into some defenses and kickers real quick before we get out of here? Sure. Why not? Why don't you get us started? Sure. I see we're both down on the same defense, uh, at least one of them, and that's the Jets, uh, who we already talked about are facing the Bills. So tough, <laughs> tough matchup there. It looks like the ECR is around uh, D- DST 11. I have him at 18. You have him at 19. So this is like a, you know what? You can stream much, much better options than this, and maybe we can each give like someone you might want to stream, but you know, yeah, the Jets, I think, are, will be good for the season. Like, I think they'll be a top 10 defense, but just not this week. And I'm all about streaming defenses. I, I would imagine you are, too. Yeah, although actually what I like to do is I like to come out of my draft with a defense that is going to have a bunch of good matchups in a row. So, like, um, the Saints were a defense I was targeting in drafts because they just have such a cake schedule. Yeah. Um, the, the Ravens have a lot of good matchups early in the year. Uh, so things like that, I you know, I, I don't. Like, I like, in theory, to stream defenses, but I also, it depends on your league, because if it's a league that's, like, really fierce on the waiver wire, like, I don't want to spend all my fab getting defenses, you know? I want to save it for impact players, so yeah, um, I like to be a week ahead of time, at least, on, on grabbing a, a defense. Um, you know, like, I just stashed the, the Giants in one league, because they get Arizona next week, so, yep. like, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking at, um, but I don't want to use two roster spaces on defenses if I can possibly avoid it. Um, just because this is early in the year, especially is when you see these players break out. So uh, for that reason, if I have a defense, I can just set it and forget it for at least like a month or six weeks. I, I like that coming out of a draft with that, but um, the jets are the opposite of that. The jets have, <laughs> it's not just this game. They, they have a very difficult schedule. They do um, coming up. So like <laughs> they're such a talented defense, um, but I don't know. They might actually kind of underachieve consistently for fantasy. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I mean, I, I drafted the the Broncos for that reason. They had a couple, you know, good early season matchups. I see you have the Falcons as a start this week. We've already talked about that game against the Panthers a lot. The Falcons, they could be a surprising defense this year. You know, they've they've retooled a little bit. That that NFC South is really weak, and they have a pretty cake schedule. Like you mentioned, the Saints, like the Falcons have basically the same schedule. And so I see you have them as the DST eleven. I could see streaming them. Um, there's just a lot of like streaming options. I think like the Seahawks, you know, against the Rams, we talked about the Jags at the Colts, uh, you know, all these, all these teams you don't really think of, like I would start them over the jets. Yeah. I mean, I've got the Seahawks as a top five defense this week. Yeah. Um, the Browns are a a defense. I like a lot. I Mm -hmm. think that they, um, are a pretty talented defense at this point. They haven't, um, put it all together yet. Um, but I feel like this could be the season that they become, uh, that that uh, consistent top 10 defense. Uh, I have them at 13 this week because uh, they're playing the Bengals, but um, I think as the matchups get easier, they're going to be in my top 10 more often than not. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Falcons, like, yeah, it's uh, this is the only week of the season I'd probably want to start them, but I, I would start them <laughs> this week. See, uh, I, th- I think you'll be able to start them some other times. Like, I, I just think, like like I said, with them and the Saints, they have, they have a pretty weak schedule. So you – you never know. Like we, we always see a couple defenses come out of no, nowhere, and some of it's about schedule. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I, I think the, the Falcons could be a little bit better this year. I mean, I I think they could win that division. You know, that's not going out on a limb there. I mean, everyone thinks the Saints will, but like even the Bucks could win that division. <laughs> you know, like 
Yeah. I mean, that Falcons defense just, I, I don't know, man. They were pretty bad last season. So, but I, the ball control offense could help that help their case, I guess. Yeah. I see you have the Steelers um, here as a sit as well, which, you know, I, I realize that the Niners are really good, <laughs> you know, offensive line. I know you like Brock Purdy. Um, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm probably going to start the Steelers uh, mainly because I have to, and I'm just going to have one defense in our dynasty league. That's the only place I'm going to start them is a league like that where I'm not. There aren't really many streaming options, but I'm mm-hmm. not too worried about it. I have the, I have the Steelers as my uh, number eleven uh, DST this week. I'm not too worried about this, the Niners coming into town. Well, you're with the consensus because that's exactly where the consensus yeah. has them. I'm at the other end of the spectrum, of course. I have them at DST twenty four. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't want to start a defense against a Kyle Shanahan offense ever, pretty much. <laughs> um, and you know I like Brock Purdy, but it's not really even about Brock Purdy. It's it's about Kyle Shanahan. Like, this team is going to move the ball. They're going to score points. Like, I, I just uh, – yeah, I don't. I don't want to start a defense against the uh, against the Forty ers and I and I also just don't necessarily think the Steelers' defense is that amazing. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's like a middle of the road defense, but I, I don't think they're such a dominant defense that they're a must start by any means. Yep. Well, we can we can nail a couple of kickers here. I see that we both have a couple of the same starts: Brandon McManus and Will Lutz. Uh, my kicker four and five. Um, I mean. McManus, like we've talked about the Jags, I think they're going to destroy the Colts. I always like getting kickers in a dome who have been high implied point total. That's a kind of a really nice uh, perfect storm right there. And then Will Lutz, I mean the the Broncos traded to get him. I think they're going to win this game against the Raiders. I think it could be, you know, it could be like a twenty to seventeen type game or something. I don't think it's going to be like you know a barn burner by any means. And uh, so yeah, I, I like I like Will Lutz to get a couple field goals, a couple extra points. I think. He might even have like four field goals and have be one of those kind of games. And you know, kicking in that thin air is always is always nice too. Yeah. Well, you know how I approach kickers. It's all about um, get, you know the matchup, projected game script, and uh, and 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 the, the, some of the attributes of the kicker. Do they have a big leg? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Will Lutz, you know, kicking in the the thin air is a nice thing that I feel like could be appealing for big chunks of the season. Um, so yeah, McManus, Lutz. I actually answered a question on Twitter about this a few days ago and mentioned a bunch of these guys. Like Jason Myers, I have as my my kicker two mm-hmm. for the week. Um, so you know, all about the Seahawks just stomping all over the Rams. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, <laughs> McManus, Jaguars stomping all over the Colts. Uh, Cameron Dicker, you know, it, he's uh, they're the favorite in that in that potential bonanza game. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and usually the Chargers kicker is pretty productive as well. So I'm I'm well above consensus on him and then if you're going deeper if all these good kickers are already taken i actually think joey sly is a sly play (laughs) (laughs) this week i've got him at my uh, kicker 12 um just being against arizona it's going to be a very favorable situation and uh, joey sly is actually a pretty sneaky good kicker i feel like too so um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be afraid to start him. Yeah, no, I I like all those. Uh, Dicker I have is my number nine kicker. Sly I have is sixteen, but I could I, I might bump him up a couple spots because I like to take your advice there on kickers. So I, <laughs> I, I agree. Like I, th- I think the I think Washington's going to score some points, and yeah, it might just be some field goals, and that might be all they really need. So, but either way, uh, yeah, he is a he is a sly little pick there at the end. All right. So I don't think we need to tell people which kicker is not to play. <laughs> no, we'll, just, we'll call it a we'll call it a day there. Yeah, it uh, sounds so good. we can get so we can catch uh, the rest of this uh, 
Chiefs-Lions game. But thank you all so much uh, for tuning in. Um, like I said, we will be doing two shows a week now, uh, these Thursday night start-sit shows and then uh, Monday night waiver wire shows uh, now that the season is in full force. Uh, but if you need more from us than that, you can always reach out on Twitter. Uh, I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, share, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.